y'all. Welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations. Welcome back. Hopefully you've listened before. (laughs) This is a podcast where I have intimate conversations with women of color on my couch. Today we will discuss Kanye and Trader Jose. We'll also give advice on how to handle heartbreak in the Keep It Real corner at the end of the episode like we always do. I'm your host, Jasmine W. And my guest today is an actress, comedian, and writer with a social media presence on BuzzFeed and Me Too. She's working on a variety of YouTube channels and podcasts and is currently a character regular on Fidelia on the Jenny Lorenzo YouTube channel. Danny can be caught doing live improv, stand-up comedy, and storytelling all over the LA area and in pandemic times doing on live shows like all other comedians are doing. <laughs> you can find Danny on Instagram at Danny Koki. That's D-A-N-I-C-O-Q-U-I on Instagram. Hey Danny. Hey. I'm so happy you said Koki properly. Really? Do people yeah. mess that up? People say it all, they say coqui, and I'm like, okay. Girl, no, your girl studied Spanish, okay? We know what a coqui is, what a coqui looks like. But you know what? Let me tell your uh, your first and last name. So you go by Danny Adaliz, right? Yes, you said that right too. Danny, did you not know that my minor in college was Spanish? I did not know that. Yeah, maybe we should start speaking Spanish to each other because I don't know it anymore. I speak Spanglish. I'm like a real like Puerto Rican where I don't like quite really speak like grammatically correct Spanish, but like I understand enough. Yes, I would love that. Um, I really would. Okay, so I did have a question for you though about your Instagram handle. Cause Koki, why is it Danny Koki? Uh, do you know what a Koki is? It's a frog, right? Yeah. It's less fun. My mom used to call me that just because I'm always talking and chirping, like ever since I was a little baby. So she used to call me Koki, Koki, just because I, I'm, I'm talkative. Yeah. So I'm a talkative night owl. So that's like kind of why I have that nickname as a baby. That's really cute. Okay. I'm not even going to front though. I didn't know what a Koki was, but I did look it up. <laughs> They make a really cute sound. Did you listen to the sound bite? I didn't listen to the sound, but I know that's why they're called a koki because of the sound that they make or whatever. That's literally what it sounds like. It sounds like a whistle. Does your mom still call you that? No. She doesn't call you that anymore? She calls me bitch now. (laughs) (laughs) I wish my mom called me bitch. bitch. (laughs) Okay, so one question about you being Puerto Rican. Were you born here? So you're first generation? Yeah, well, yeah, actually, because my sisters were born in Puerto Rico. Oh, wow. So I'm a first generation American on my mom's side. Um, but Puerto Rico is technically a colony, an American colony, so we're still American. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, and my dad is like second slash third generation Irish on his side. So okay. that's a white guy. My mom's an Afro Puerto Rican mm-hmm. woman. But I grew up in California, so there's not a lot of, like, Afro-Latino presence. So I always just identified as Black just because that's, like, who, like, would accept me. And, like, culturally, like, Afro-Latinos and, like, Black Americans are very similar. Yeah. Especially Puerto Rican because you're technically a Black American. So um, I just, yeah. I've always, it's funny because I do a lot of Latinx content now, but I was never accepted into any Latino culture ever growing up. Like I was so removed from it. Like I didn't know who Selena was. I thought that was a character JLo played. Like I, <laughs> like, I just had no, like, I had no like basic American Latin culture. Yeah. In my life. 
like I do Puerto Rican culture, but yeah. like still is like like I said, it's so like it's a colony culture, so it doesn't really have like it has culture, not to say that it doesn't, but it's like so much has happened. So Yeah. It's so interesting though for you to say that you were accepted by black people for a few for a few reasons. I feel like mixed people, biracial people always say that, you know, they're tugged. They're not really accepted by black people. They're not really accepted by white people. You know what I mean? In this case, you felt like you were very removed from your Latin, you know, from the Latin community here in California. But, you know, why do you feel like you were accepted by black people? Because I feel like I don't hear that very often from especially from Afro-Latina people. If I was in New York, I would probably hang with like Dominicans and Puerto Ricans and it wouldn't be like a thing because especially like New York, New York Dominicans, New York Puerto Ricans love to like separate themselves from black people is something I noticed. Mm -hmm. And in Puerto Rico, it's like very normal to be like, oh, I'm black. Like even like white passing Puerto Ricans who have black parents like me, like will be like, yeah, I'm black. Like they're very happy to say that they're black. Oh, or okay. Like African or they know they're Nigerian or Ruben, Evo heritage, like they're very comfortable with it. That's not all, but it's like some. And like yeah. just the people, I, I think it's just my environment and what I've been surrounded by, in all honesty. I think that I am a rare case, which is like interesting. And I think, yeah, um, because I identified with like a lot of my friends I met at like a hair salon with my mom. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I'm just like the little white girl at like the hair salon and I'm going to be playing with all the other little kids because I don't know if your mom ever relaxed her hair but that shit takes a while yeah and so you make friends um and um yeah I just I just always felt more connected and more accepted by like Afro-Caribbean culture there's lots of Jamaicans in San Diego that my mom was friends with I did lots of reggae festivals growing up so I was like more surrounded with like Afro-Caribbeans who identified as black and therefore they would be around other black people and yeah. because I'm black presenting I would also be in those groups and they would be like oh wow like it's cool that there's like this like white girl that is comfortable with herself and I think that that's why my friends like liked me and knew it was a yeah okay that's really cool okay we're gonna we're gonna come back to yeah. um a couple of <laughs> yeah yeah that was a good intro though um okay so we always start the podcast off with a quote from a woman of color who inspires us and you know this quote because you chose it and the quote is knowing how to be solitary is central to the art of loving when we can be alone we can be with others without using them as a means of escape by bell hooks i'd love to know like why you chose this quote like why do you what does it mean to you so I read this book called All About Love um, in my Black Studies class because uh, my minor, I actually have a degree in Black Studies and my minor is in Pan-African Studies and I had a specialty in sexuality and Black culture. Mm. So That sounds like a class I need to take, girl. No, okay, anyway. So, well, in my sexuality and Black culture class, like, we're given, like, a couple authors to, like, choose from. Um, some picked Toni Morrison. I chose Bell Hooks. I love how... Bell Hooks writes about love. I'm somebody who loves love. I'm never some, it's funny that we're going to do love advice because like I'm always giving love advice to my friends because I'm so open to it and I'm so vulnerable and I'm just so willing to like put myself out there in friendship and in love. So I think the reason why I chose that quote is because I'm super codependent and I'm aware of that. <laughs> and when I read that quote as like a 22 year old in an abusive relationship that was like physically and emotionally abusive, mm. I was like, is like what's gonna help me get out of this relationship and that was the quote that helped me like come into 
I guess like my just coming out of that adolescence and into my young adulthood like pre-25 before you get your frontal lobes and all that shit so yeah it's very life-changing for me to like see that wow a number of other quotes too that are sort of within the same vein about like love and like how to respect yourself and respect your space and I feel like that quote is very much about respecting your space and holding space for yourself yeah I know you said the quote helped you like break free from that relationship and that codependency right but how you know like do you easily influenced despite being an Aquarius um (laughs) No, not super easily. I just, if something makes sense to me, I like to think of myself as an intuitive, like, um, perceptive person. Someone call me judgmental. I call myself perceptive. Okay. Uh, same. Okay. Um, but I, I feel like I'm kind of like agnostic slash atheist, but like, I do kind of like see things as like signs as lack of a better word. And I felt like that quote at that time when I was reading through a chapter of all about love and I forget the title of the chapter, but it was, I think like halfway through the book, I saw that quote and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Cause like, I hate being alone. Like I have this fear of being alone. I have abandonment issues. And, like, all mm-hmm. that we don't really need to get into cause like, you know, everyone has their set of trauma, but mine has a lot to do with like abandonment. And um, I think that I tend to find people who also have those issues, but they sort of like manifest themselves in the way like where they don't really have access to um, themselves. Another quote I also like, and I don't know who said it, but it's uh, make sure you're coming from a place of fulfillment instead of lack. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like that was like similar to that quote. It's like, is this fulfilling me or is this because I'm lacking something? Yeah, it's, it's so good. Like, I think sometimes people look at quotes and they don't realize how valuable quotes can be. You know what I mean? Because this is a quote you said that you were 22 and look how re- look how relative it is. Yeah. And it made me think about quarantine as well. So anyway, I love quarantine, but I'm privileged. So whatever. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Why do you say you're privileged? I mean, I'm privileged in the sense like where I don't have to worry about like going homeless because I have fun employment. Um, yeah. And I have parents who would take care of me if that wasn't accessible. Like, you know, despite my relationship with either of my parents, they love me. Yeah. Their love is controlling, but they love me. <laughs> like, I was raised by an Aries and a Virgo. Like, girl, like. <gasps> Are they still together? No. Oh. <laughs> no, they, they divorced when I was like four. Um, okay. And thank God. Okay, y'all, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to be asking Danny some random questions, um, and we're going to keep talking about the things that she's creating. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hey y'all, welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations. I'm your host, Jasmine W, and I'm here with my guest, Danny Adalise. And we are gonna be talking about some random things. Y'all know I love to ask people random questions to get to know them. So um, my first question, we were talking about this a little bit before the break, but I'd love to know what's one thing you've learned about yourself during this time in solitude? I think, okay, so 
I just turned 30, like right before quarantine happened. So I feel like that's just like a big shift for most people, or at least hopefully it's a big shift because I yeah. feel like it's like 20s, but 3.0, if you will. Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I see what you did there. I'll make a great dad someday. Um, I, <laughs> I have spent a lot of time like sort of like thinking about, oh, like I have definitely put in a lot of like value and like effort into other people's like creativity. And while that is like such like a beautiful, good thing that I want to continue to do, I definitely need to put that same energy towards myself. And I need to realize like some things that I, cause I also have anxiety, but like manageable anxiety. I feel like just like millennial anxiety. Yeah. I am. Um, I, I've been like realizing like some things just aren't that big of a deal and I've been like sort of evaluating like my life choices and been pretty proud overall like I think I've only ever had like an actual falling out with like one person really in my whole life like that's a pretty good track record I'm still best friends with somebody that I've known since I was nine and I live with her oh girl you nice that's the that's the one thing about you Danny you're very nice thanks <laughs> Some people think I'm mean, but um, <laughs> I think it's just because they don't know me, but I feel like, or they don't believe me because I'm somebody that communicates with like compliments all the time. And so people were like, I don't believe you. And that used to hurt my feelings. But then finally I clapped back at somebody and said, well, that sounds like a you problem. I don't want you to put that on me. I was like, I'm just proud of you. So like. Totally. Totally. Don't put that on me. Like get behind me. Then like, I don't need that. Yeah. We're here being your friend. It sounds like you don't have good friends. <laughs> and you know what? It's about confidence too. It's about when you telling somebody something that they might not necessarily believe about themselves, it makes them very uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Sort of sad, but I'm always like very happy to do it. It definitely always comes from a sincere place. Yeah. No, I feel you. I feel I, I see both ends of that because I feel like sometimes I'm kind of that person. Um, you know, when people give me compliments, sometimes I'm like, girl, you crazy. <laughs> and that's just a way for me to kind of be like, thank you. But also I'm uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Definitely did it with me a little bit in the DMs. But then you realize I was about that Jasmine JW life. <laughs> posting you and then you're like yes girl <laughs> we can switch from like girl stop to like yes 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 yeah that made me happy I said you're doing amazing work I show you to like my whole like household we share your videos like back and forth like I hear your voice sometimes in the kitchen when I'm over here because my boyfriend's watching something you did that's very sweet I really appreciate it because I I'm the type of person I feel like I ain't doing nothing girl <laughs> much we were talking about you the other day. He's like, your friend Jasmine is putting out a video like a couple times a day. I was like, dude, she's working. I need to work. <laughs> like, Thank you, amazing. girl. But things that you've done, I haven't been able to do because of that. Like you've written a whole pilot. And like you said, I've been working on work. I've been working on writing stuff with other people, like a production company here in LA, but I haven't had a chance to write my own stuff. You know what I mean? So I need to dedicate time to myself to do that. You know, um, can you share a little bit about what your pilot is about or do you not want to? Yeah, it's called, this isn't about you. Mm, love it. <laughs> And I, it's based on a lot of real life. 
Um, so this isn't about you. It's a dark comedy about the strained relationship between a daughter and her father. It's complicated by the fact that the daughter, Nick, is a white passing 24-year-old mixed black girl, while her father, Rex, is a 50-something white Gen Xer who is not as progressive as he thinks he is. Mm. She's an aspiring comedian. Nick attempts to distance herself from her father's influence while having just come out of an abusive relationship, like the one I talked about. In the pilot, we introduce Nick through her job as a bottle service girl. We establish aspects of her current situation that are in flux. Then we introduce Rex, a man who has found solid ground late in life and harbors a strong party streak. Think of like a Matthew McConaughey type. He is mm. both privileged and proud with an outsized sense of himself. The rest of the season will explore Nick and Rex's relationship, examining how their lives are affected by their racial identities. The goal of the show is to expand on the idea, exploring how race works to reveal and occlude different aspects of each character's lived experience. So in short, this is my dad's problematic, and I just wanted to write a dark comedy about me and my dad's relationship. Yeah, so, yeah. Our life is funny. He kind of raised me, and I was with my mom more part-time. It's so interesting um, to, to have like a white dad and say that he's problematic because he probably thinks, no, like, look at my kids. Look at the people I love around me. Oh, my God, girl. The amount of times I had to remind my dad that just because he dates women of color does not make him not racist. That part. You're not exempt from racism. If anything, you're probably tokenizing and like objectifying, which is something that I know that he's doing. But mm. That's my tea. Um. <laughs> well, sip it. It's hot. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you too, what are some things, and I know because I don't, you've never told me this, but I just know that it happens to you. What are some things people say to you when they try to guess your nationality? Oh, all the time. Never any like sort of generic Latino, which I'm actually kind of happy about because Latin Latino isn't a race and I get really annoyed when people look like just go you look latino i'm like what the fuck does that mean like you can look latino like you know what i mean right like when i saw you i was like are you puerto rican i feel like that was one of the first things i said to you i was like you puerto rican or dominican you have like a vibe like but i have one of those faces but <laughs> you do you look a lot like my cousin nelia but the number one thing i get a lot is um like any sort of like middle eastern arabic anything so especially when my hair is straight um People think I'm Israeli, but like uh, a Sephardic, or I get Palestinian, I get mm. Jordanian, I get Persian, especially in LA. I get Armenian. I live in Little Armenia. Oh, okay. um, and then if it's not that, then it's like always Italian. Like people always assume I'm Italian or like Greek. But, Interesting. Uh, and then when I tell them, it's so funny because like I, the pilot's also going to talk about how I experience like a weird form of racism that like mixed kids that are more like mixed presenting or even black presenting wouldn't even receive to their face. But like, for instance, I call this guy the racist baker and it's the best baked goods I've ever had in my fucking life. All right. So good. Yeah. So this guy's Israeli, um, makes fucking dope croissants, like best croissants in LA. I go over there without my boyfriend one day who's more visibly black. He's also mixed. And um, he pulls me aside. He's like, oh, so are you Israeli? And I was like, oh, no. And then he's like, oh, Palestinian. Like, and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And then he's like, oh, what are you? And I was like, well, I'm Afro, Puerto Rican, and white. And people don't always know what that means. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that mean? I'm like, well, I'm just black and white. Like, you know. Mm -hmm. And then the, immediately he says, oh, don't say that. 
And I was like, what? He's like, don't say that. You're beautiful. You shouldn't say you're black because you're beautiful. I get that shit, girl, all the time. Anytime I mention I'm black to somebody who is not black, because when I mention I'm black to somebody who's black, then they're like, oh, okay, like Halsey, Meghan Markle, like Jennifer yeah. Beals. And they see, like, oh, your freckles, your hyperpigmentation, your cheekbones, I see it. Yeah. But, like, but um, when it's a white person, it's always like, this is the, I've gotten this more than a handful of times is, oh my God, you're black? You look like a normal girl. If I would have saw you, I would just thought you're a normal girl. So what do you say to the to the baker up the street? Sometimes I have like a whole monologue in my head of like, fuck you, your mom's a hoe, blah, blah, blah. Like I have that in my head, but because it's like, it's so like scary for me because like they just let me know that if I was a black person, they would openly like hurt me or disrespect me. So there's like this like weird part of myself that I think just like protects myself and just stays silent. And it's just like, thank you. But if it was happening to my mom, which it has happened, or my sisters who are more visibly black or my cousins, then I'm like, ah, like I'm the yeah. white savior. I'm the fucking like Becky that's going in there, like helping them. You know what I mean? But when it's for myself, I have a hard time just like, I almost feel like you're taking that load or like you have, it's like your duty to take that load or something. It's a really strange thing that I'm working on. If we're being honest, I don't really know what to say. I just kind of go <laughs> like, I'm just shocked and like, kind of want to cry. Yeah. So like, Why would you say that to me? That's horrible. Like, and you know what? Like, I think that <clears throat> one thing, and you know, I do videos about this kind of stuff all the time. And I think that one thing that I've received a lot in the comments and one thing that people I guess often think is that if somebody talks to you that way that you have to go off on them but me working in corporate America and having to restrain what I want to say has actually taught me a lot of lessons around getting people together without doing that so you know I would you know unsolicited advice here but I would I would challenge you to say whatever you're feeling. If you feel like, wow, that's pretty mean. Why would you say that? Yeah. It's okay to say that. You know, if, if you're thinking, well, actually black women are so beautiful. I'm so glad that you can't see that. Then say that, you know what I mean? So I think it's very powerful to be raw in how we feel instead yeah. of, instead of acting the way people think we should be acting, which I, which I get comments about this all the time on my channel. Like you should have done this or you should have, why didn't you, or I would have gone off. It's like, not me, you know? Yeah. I think like for me, like there's like definitely been a few times where I've definitely like sort of like made a comment, like. Like, for instance, this one girl who was actually a casting director had said that to me. She's like, oh, like, oh, you're black. That's so funny. I just, you look normal. You look normal. Like, I always get iterations of you look normal. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what's normal? Like, I just, like, I just, like, blurt it out. But then, like, you don't get called back because, like, you clap back, right? Which yeah. is fine. I don't want to work for that bitch anyway. But, like, I'm, like, <laughs> I mean, if we're being real. Yeah. But, um... I think there's been like a few times, especially in my younger years, like when I was more feisty and I was on my hotep, <laughs> on my hotep. Okay. <laughs> I really was though. I wasn't like Dr. Sebi level, but I was definitely like, you know what? <laughs> but girl, let me tell you something. That's me now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm gonna tell you what time it is. Um, but <laughs> the hour is 4.38 PM. Um, but I, 
yeah, I definitely used to be a little bit more like, oh, tell me more about that. That's interesting mm. you say that, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, like I said, it's easier to advocate for someone else. Like if we were in a coffee shop together and that was said, it would be easier for me to just be like, fuck you. And then go protect my friend. Right. Yeah. But when it's me, I just kind of feel like, I think I also feel weird because being mixed the way that I'm mixed, I have a hard time knowing what my role is and where my lane is language wise. And, um, presence wise not to say that I don't deserve to be present or heard or any of those things but I just think that sometimes if you don't know me it can come off as insensitive or as if I'm like hijacking something or Rachel Dahl is alling something you know I totally understand and you know I'm not biracial so I don't I, I couldn't put myself in your pos- position and I also will say that when you're buying baked goods by yourself there is vulnerability in being alone yeah so that part but anyway I say that you know, people could use language with how they identify. And I don't think that's something that people think about a lot. Like if you want to say the N word, what's, how do you identify? If somebody asked you if you were black, would you say yes? And then that's completely okay. And I've said that to like biracial people that I know too. Cause I, I think- I never felt compelled, but- <laughs> <laughs> Well girl, I, listen, that was one of my first words as a kid, so. Uh- <laughs> It's funny because I definitely do iterations of that in Puerto Rico. They're like, hey, negro, negrito. Like, everyone, it's like the same sort of thing. Yeah. Like, even white people, which is why some white Puerto Ricans think it's okay to say it. I'm like, I don't think it's okay for you to say that. <laughs> I mean, I for me, it depends on how you identify. If you have white Puerto Ricans that you say you grew up when they identify as black because their parents, you know, they might have came out fair-skinned, but their parents or their grandparents are black, then... I say, okay, you identify as black. Go, I feel you. Right, but, but I guess like my main concern is like if someone doesn't know me, like you're looking yeah. at me face value, you're like, what is this Egyptian girl yelling about? <laughs> <laughs> if you Egyptian, <laughs> you black though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, so anyway, we could talk about this all day, but um, I guess my last random question for you is, I'd love to know if you have a pet peeve, like a major pet peeve. And if you do, what is it? Oh my God, I have several. Uh, um, I think my favorite thing to make fun of, uh, like pet peeve wise, and like my boyfriend always laughs at this and I actually did a stand up about this. I think I've actually talked to you about this too. It's like, I hate, I hate when people don't want to connect because they have walls up. Or like they use that term, like, girl, I just have so many walls, like I can't connect with him. Or like he has, I'm like, then don't fuck with them. Like if they're not willing to like have a conversation with you, they're fucking childish and they need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I don't have time for it. And it annoys me and I can't hold space for it. Like I don't respect it. And I don't respect somebody like using walls as an excuse to alienate somebody when they're being vulnerable. Like, I think that's abusive and I fucking hate that. And it's something that people just allow. <laughs> So do you hate it? Let's say if I was your friend and I say, I'm talking to this new guy and you're like, how's it going? I'm like, he has so many walls up. That annoys you? Yeah, I'd be like, girl, bye. You emotionally unavailable. <laughs> you can't. That's, that's dangerous. He's like, what, late 20s, early 30s, and he hasn't figured out himself? Like, that's dangerous for you. He needs to do that on his own yeah. or see a therapist. It doesn't, I, the walls up to me is like, I don't understand that because I feel like I don't have enough white friends to even experience that enough. 
it's very white. It's just like a way to disassociate. And look, I love a good disassociation, but can you just be honest about it? Like, yeah, like a wall just feels like an excuse, you know? It's a weird thing because I think most, like, most of my friends just say he ain't shit. (laughs) (laughs) We don't say he has walls up, girl. He's like, girl, he ain't shit. Let me just keep it, you know. Right. Um, like, I would never use that term, but it's so funny that you say that because it's always, like, my white friends or but are all saying, like, it's just like, you know, he has so many walls. And I'm like, oh. Mm. All right, y'all. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about some trending topics, including Kanye, Meek Mill, and Trader Jose. So let's take a quick break. Hey y'all, welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations. I'm your host, Jasmine W, and my guest, Danny, is here. You can follow her on Instagram at Danny Koki. We're gonna talk about some trending topics. So the first one, girl, I don't even know. I thought about whether I should include this or not, but the first one is Kanye West. Um, <sighs> Today's 720, okay? So he's been trending for the past 24 hours after his Charleston, South Carolina rally. And I say that in quotations. What are your thoughts on Kanye? I guess an easier question would be, Would do you plan on voting for Kanye or do you know anybody who would vote for Kanye? Like, I was a Black Studies major, so I know a lot of hoteps that are going to vote for Kanye, first and foremost. <laughs> like too many and i'm gonna call one out terry cybers motherfucker (laughs) and i clown on him all the time terry everybody go bully him because he cannot he's too smart i honestly have been like so like i'm pretty like politically savvy because like also my boyfriend is like super into it he's definitely like radicalized me way more than i already was um i still hate joe biden um for obvious reasons. I said, it's kind of hilarious that we're out here protesting laws that like Joe Biden put into place with the 1994 crime bill, but like, that's none of my business, I guess. I don't know. But yeah. um, I guess it's just between like, do we want the outed racist or do we want the closeted racist? And they're both pedophiles. So like. Allegedly, actually, I should say allegedly. We have to say allegedly, but we all know that it's not alleged. Back to Kanye. Like the idea of voting for somebody that isn't an alleged pedophile or racist or KKK member um, sounds great. The fact that it's Kanye makes me want to die. A lot of people might have to bite the bullet and just vote Joe Biden, right? And like that's that's their business. But in California, we already know it's going to go to Joe. And if you're feeling like a real patriot. If you're in a blue state only, only if you're in a blue state, not if you're in a swing state, because then you will fuck up this election. But if you are in a blue state, if you want to vote Green Party to give it 5% visibility, so that way next term, a, like a Green Party candidate can run, like somebody like an AOC or an like a American Ilhan Omar. I wish it could be Ilhan Omar, but it can't. Yeah. Or Nina Turner, who is my dream candidate. Nina um, Turner. Yeah, Nina Turner is my dream candidate, girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, 
that way we can give them space to be a legitimate third party. So if you're feeling like, I don't really know what to do, and you're in a blue state, please vote Green Party. We just need 5% visibility, and that way the next election can be fine. Also, vote from the bottom. This is actually Nina Turner quote that I really like that I was arguing giving you was, you can't build a house if you start from the top. You have to build from the bottom. Mm -hmm. So find who are the progressive candidates in your district. Find all the progressive candidates. If you're progressive or socialist or whatever, I'm assuming you are if you're listening to this podcast. Find who these people are and vote for them. Donate to them. Be active for them. Be active for yourself. Like, this is so big. This is so much bigger than ourselves. Like, we have people to protect. I'm a humanist. Like, yeah. So no, I will not be voting for Gagne. No, I do not pay attention to him. I heard he threw a tantrum. I saw a little bit of it. Um, but I don't really know much of what's going on other than like real issues. So Yeah, Ooh, no, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, that's, she did. that's the tea, actually. It's it's not a <laughs> that's <thing>. the tea. <sighs> okay, well the next um trending topic, Meek Mill's trending on Twitter as we speak, because he commented on a post about someone else's comment about the fact that Nicki Minaj is pregnant. Nicki Minaj announced her pregnancy today. So good for her. Um, I know she's always wanted to be a mother. I think Nicki Minaj would make a great mother. Um, But Meek Mill commented on somebody's post about the fact that she's pregnant. Um, And just to catch you up on Meek Mill, if you don't know anything about him, he recently just had a baby with another woman named Milano. So he's trending number one because... You know, people are question, like kind of wondering, what does he have to do with this and why is he commenting? Um, let's say he somebody named Respectfully Justin said, y'all got one time to share a Nikki pregnancy picture on your story timeline and you getting blocked. She don't know you and she didn't post you when you were pregnant. Hashtags respectfully. Meek Mill commented um, a few emojis, some laughing emojis and some silent emojis, like ones with the mouth missing or whatever. Um, And that's why he's been trending on Twitter. So my question for you, Danny, is if your current boyfriend found out that his ex was pregnant and he was commenting on Instagram posts around her pregnancy, how would that make you feel? Um, if my current boyfriend was commenting on his ex-girlfriend's pregnancy, I would probably just be like, why did you do that? (laughs) And then secondly, if he doesn't have like a reasonable to my standards answer, I would just be like, okay, like we need to have a conversation about like how we're going to break up because that shit's disrespectful to me. I think it's very disrespectful. I think it's disrespectful. I mean, call me call me a fucking crazy controlling bitch, but like I just have standards and I'm sticking to it. Listen, the reason I asked too, like I hope I don't make you too biased because I did post something on my Instagram before we got on um, the podcast, but I'm like, if, if my husband posted or I saw that he commented on something about the fact that his ex-girlfriend before me is pregnant, I would not, I would pack up my suitcase so fast, girl. Like, if you're not over that, what are we doing? Exactly. That's like where I'm at. See, this is why we get along. I'm like, you know what? I have no problem being single. Okay? If you're not- no qualms. I don't get that. Like, and he's trending because everybody's like, why is he still talking about this? Like, that y'all aren't together. This has nothing to do with you, so you shouldn't have a comment. 
look if he wrote congrats and like it was like sincere and they like some people look this is i think i talked about this before i don't have addiction issues if i break up with you you did something fucked up to me we're done you're cut off like no absolutely not i don't have time for it you're an ex for a reason an ex is an ex yeah that being said i have an ex-boyfriend from high school i never had sex with him and it was high school and we're best friends in real life like so i think that that helps but i feel like once you've like had sex with someone and especially been in your adult life with somebody and like they've seen the inside of your vagina maybe you guys have gone through an abortion together i don't know (laughs) like don't be friends with them you broke up with them for a reason girl i've been saying this for years Stop being friends with your ex. It's called addiction issues, girl. <laughs> That's addiction. Oh you addicted God. to feeling bad about yourself and being in toxic relationships. Uh, That's really what that is. At the end of the day, I'm no Esther Perel, but like, but <laughs> if I don't know something, I don't know something, okay? Wow. And also on top of that, like, luckily the boyfriend I have now has like zero baggage I'm his first like adult girlfriend like he's mm-hmm. like dating people and like had sex before like obviously he's super fucking hot but he's a fucking nerd and he's socially awkward so like yeah. I nabbed him like this was good and I'll be telling people like nerds are where it's at my husband's a huge nerd God, they should be friends we should put them on play dates and girl if my husband had friends <laughs> Okay, so the last trending topic is there was a petition to remove Trader Jose um, from Trader Joe's packaging because somebody said it was racist. And maybe I'm going to get shade for this, but like, I honestly don't care because I feel like I'm ahead of my time. I feel like I'm ahead of the curve on this. I think it's great that... um, we got rid of like the Aunt Jemima shit. I think that it's great that like we're painted, but I feel like we need like real reform and I feel like paying attention to like tiny things that like literally all they need to do is like change the name of something to make you happy. It's like, that's actually not the root of the issue. The root of the issue is like systematic racism. Yeah. I mean, and some can argue like, well, that is like, like these minor things are still part of like the bigger systematic Mm -hmm. racist scope or like sphere I don't know I I think it's petty at like to deal with right now but I'm not gonna say it's not important because like if it's important to somebody like I'm not gonna be an asshole and be like well that's not very important right yeah but I guess if you're asking me personally I mean I don't give a shit I feel like they're still gonna sell the same things it's still gonna taste like shitty Mexican food so like I mean All right, y'all. Well, that was a lot. But now we're going to give back by giving some advice in the Keep It Real corner. Y'all know we do this every episode at the end. And the question today is from Instagram. Okay, so this person says, "Um, what are some tips, one or two tips you have for handling heartbreak? And that is from Instagram. So I'd love to know. We've talked about you being in bad relationships. We've talked about your parents not being together and stuff like that. So I'd love to know how do you, what, what are your tips for handling heartbreak? For handling heartbreak? Well, for starters, I've always done the breaking up. I've never been broken up with. Same. (laughs) So like my heartbreak actually happens usually in the middle of the relationship when they have no idea. So I'm not really actually alone during the heartbreak. It's just sort of like me processing. I would guess like, so my last relationship was an emotionally abusive relationship with a guy that was like way older, well, not way older than me, like seven years older, but that's still like so old. Like when you're like 24 and you're with like a 33 year old, like that's like a lot. It's Mm -hmm. like 
I'm not, we're not learning anything. Like this guy just thinks he's teaching me how he wants me to be, right? Right. There's just like no growth that's going to happen from within at that point. I mean, maybe there's some great guys out there, but I always say like, Max, don't date somebody five years older than you. You guys have to be able to watch the same TV shows. Like, yeah. But anyway, side note onto how to deal with heartbreak. I personally see a therapist so that I find that helpful. Um, just like talking to somebody like about how they feel. I think everyone's different. I think that me and you are very similar in the sense like where if it's not serving us, we got to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like for me, it's like the way I handle, I feel like the biggest heartbreak I've ever experienced was like allowing myself to get, it's like within myself. Like my heartbreak was within myself. I've also Mm -hmm. never, I also realized that I was never actually very much in love when I was in those relationships. Like my relationship now I'm so in love and I think it's because I love myself Mm -hmm. and I respect myself. Um, My boyfriend now, we've been together for four and a half years. This guy has never screamed at me once never raised his voice at me. Like we get into arguments and we have like discord and things, but it's never something where he's like threatening to leave me or he's threatening to hurt me. It's been Mm -hmm. such like a beautiful, like, okay, then like, let's talk about it. Like, even if like, he's the one that's in the doghouse, because like, we both like have like those moments where I'm in trouble or he's in trouble. Right. It's like a lot of like, let's talk about it. Like, let's like, I'm on your side. I'm on your team. And like, I want to, I want you to win. I don't, I don't go into this with wanting to hurt you and going right. to this wanting to grow. And I feel like, um, on the side note, when you're having lots of arguments in your relationship, um, especially if they seem petty, like if they're major, like definitely see a therapist, but if like, they're like little petty things here and there, like communication issues here and there, like yeah. the argument is actually a good thing. It's, it's, it's a sign of growth. And you're just like, oh, there's growing happening and we can either grow together or we can grow apart. Like, this is like a pivotal moment. So like, let's decide to grow together and like, just like really hear these harsh like things that we feel. Yeah. And like, that we just want it to be good. If this is a boyfriend, girlfriend situation, if you're single now, you have the ability to do whatever you want to do. So do it. Being single is a blessing. Like, I mean, I've <laughs> been in a relationship and let me tell you, I've never felt more free in my love and like. There's this girl, her name's Ashley Chea, and her Instagram is Watermelon Egg Girl. She's also Afro-Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. and she writes about love a lot, too, and she writes some really beautiful shit, and she wrote this one thing about her and her husband. She's like, I've never felt more free than, like, fully loving you, and I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, like, that's how I feel about my boyfriend. I'll connect you to her. She's wonderful. Yes. It's really beautiful stuff. I really love her stuff. Well, Danny, I've really enjoyed having you on the podcast. Let us know what you have coming up. Where can we find you? What are you working on? What can we be on the lookout for, for people who follow you um, and want to keep up with you? For sure. Um, So I do a lot of work with my friend, Jenny Lorenzo. She does this abuela content. That's like pretty popular. Abuela means grandma in Spanish. And I'm, um, I'm like one of the characters on her little universe show. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. Where she and is this sh- and the show's on YouTube? The show's on YouTube and on Instagram. So okay. she's at Jenny Lorenzo, J E N N Y Lorenzo. I can't even think about how to spell Lorenzo right now. Yeah. Um, so I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, right now I'm finishing up my first short film that I produced, wrote, acted in did the set design on, did the crafty on, funded, and uh, helped direct, but I had a brilliant director, but like she let me co-direct with her, which was really nice. Um, 
and she's amazing. Um, she's at Roxanne Baldovin. Um, but we're working on a short that's about the song Pina Coladas. Um, or if you know what it's about. But it's basically, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's basically about a relationship um, that went sour and this guy tries to cheat on his wife. And then when he goes to finally meet the woman that he was going to cheat on his wife with, uh, he turns out it was his wife the whole time. So they were trying to cheat on each other with each other without knowing it. It's actually okay. a really happy song. So we did a take on it as if two people of color in the 70s were doing this and that was that applied to them. So it's like a dark comedy uh, version of that. And that should yeah. be released probably late August, early September. But who knows, things are moving kind of slow. We're all kind of just like mosing about. And I have my pilot, which I talked about earlier that I'm shopping around, um, looking for people who are down to produce it. Like, so if anybody's listening to this in the or interested in that and you want to produce it hit me up uh, i think jasmine might put my email or you can reach me at at danny cookie yeah and that's pretty much it just like you know practicing self-love trying to learn and grow and like be better and you know work on like dismantling my own internalized white supremacy and like trying to help others do an emotional labor when it's when it's hard to have other people do it for them that's mostly what I've been doing. Awesome. And reach out to Danny if you want to help her produce, but only if you got money, because we don't want no broke people. <laughs> I don't want broke bitches on my shit. We don't. Um, and don't. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Danny. Y'all know if you love the podcast, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on the platform you're listening on right now. If you love Colored Couch Conversations, make sure to tell someone about the show, okay? Do not be selfish. You can follow us on Instagram at Colored Couch Conversations, and you can watch the show on my YouTube. That's Comedian Jasmine W on YouTube, spelled J-A-Z-M-Y-N. Thanks to my dad. See y'all later. Bye.